Hello everyone and welcome back to the Ready Set Mind podcast with me, Kieran Farkas. Now today's episode is all on food for thought and I welcome another guest onto the podcast. So Yaz, a football coach mentor who also runs his own podcast, The Coaching Network, will be joining me today and discussing food for thoughts and how it helps him on a daily basis there is going to be lots of valuable information in the podcast Yaz has a wealth of experience and will provide you with a lot of value so grab your pen and paper again and get ready to make some notes enjoy another episode on the ready set mind podcast Yes, you okay? What are you doing? Yeah, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks, man. Good, good, good. Thanks for coming on, mate. Much, much appreciated. Um, I know you're busy, you are. So, um, uh, thank you for having me, man. I'm looking forward to it. No, that's uh, that's that's brilliant. So, um, we'll we'll start off with a little introduction to yourself, if if that's okay. So, um. Yes, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, I mean, well, where should I start? Uh, father, husband, uh, football coach by trade. Uh, we coached for the last 11 years. Um, and I guess more more specifically, in the last three, four years, become a coach developer. So just working for a range of different um, qualifications over the years, worked my way up to a UEFA license within the football world. Um, spent the last few years, like I said, working in coach development space, and uh, I've had the the pleasure of working with you know over maybe four hundred and fifty five hundred coaches over the last three four years, and in, in supporting them with their journeys. So, it's a very brief snapshot in terms of who I am and what I do. Um, but feel free to kind of probe and ask any questions you got, mate. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. Wow, yeah, got a lot of uh, a lot of experience, and uh, obviously, that like said. Uh, football coach myself so um it's uh i do i do enjoy it and um again yeah wow that sounds uh interesting with how many people you've worked with over the years but um but yeah so again we'll we'll, we'll go into it so uh, today's topic will be around food for thought so food for thought friday so um first question what is food for thought yeah, I mean, I was looking at the questions we sent them through, you know, I thought yeah, it's actually quite a, quite a good question for me, you know, I think, for me, food for thought is something that gets your brain ticking, it's uh, something that's uh, potentially going to shift your mindset, or at least challenge the one that you're currently with, um, I think I think it is, it is such an individual thing at the same time, Um but yeah, I think ultimately it's something that you got. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna challenge the current thinking, whether that be, you know, in life, whether that be in in, in business, whether that be in whatever whatever avenue of life it is. Um, something, yeah, something, something that's gonna take you from what from where you are now and how you're seeing things at this point in time. Uh, I guess challenge you to look deeper within it. Yeah, definitely. So. How often would you say 
sort of you use food for thought and or relate to food for thought in that sense? Um, I think for anyone that's passionate about developing, not just professionally, but even personally, so personal development, professional development, um, anything anyone is passionate about it or just wanting to get better, I think food for thought is, 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 a, is, a, is a need, is a must. Um, so I guess from that perspective, you know, I guess I'm trying to do that every single day with the things I do. So whether that be, you know, I'm not I'm not a massive reader, but I, um, I love listening to podcasts, I love listening to audio books. Um, you know, I, I love doing seminars and, you know, and, and participating in things like that. So I think you can come in all shapes and sizes, I guess, if you like. Um, in many forms, so there is there is many ways in which you can go about obtaining food for thought, or you know, feeding your mind with the things that are going to get. I guess you know, take today's thinking to tomorrow's thinking and allow you to become better at what you do. Um, so I guess you know it can manifest itself in many ways. So I guess it, for me, it's a it's a daily thing. I've got I've got to be every every morning I get up and listen to a podcast, or every morning I get up and listen to. Uh, an audio book or at least a section of it and I, th- I think there's, there's a key bit within that as well is sometimes I find myself reading or listening to the same pieces again and again day after day um, just to help not just obtain the information but study the information I think it's very you know very easy to say oh yeah well I've read this or I've, I've listened to that but alright you've listened to it but what have you taken from it how much did you understand from it um, have you been able to apply it that's that's key for me as well and that's a really interesting point where, that you made around uh, retaining that information because it's uh, it's so often done where people will read a book i've read it done i think everyone's done it where they've read a book and gone yeah okay uh, i've read that on to the next um but i think my question would be around that is what um obviously why not read it again because like you said, you can retain that information better. The second time around, I always feel that I learn a little bit more mm. than I would on the first read. Do you find the same? Yeah, I, th- I think that's just uh, I think that's just uh, nature in, in general. I think uh, the more you go through it, uh, the more likely you are to start asking yourself different questions if, if you like, or start paying attention to different things because it's just, well, I've already seen this bit. What else can I focus on? I think, you know, I... I if I if I look at just generally uh, when I'm work, working with my players or when I'm working with coaches, I always ask them, oh, "What what what can you take away from the situation?" Um, and it, it can get a bit long winded at times. I think probably people get frustrated working with me at times, but it's literally, "Well, what else can you take away from it? What else can you take away from it? What else can you take away from it?" And just keep asking that question so you 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 literally at your wits end, um, and and you haven't got any more answers if you like, and. That's okay. You can get to a point with no more answers as long as you've got, as long as you've, if you like, squeezed every drop out of the lemon. Um, and sometimes, sometimes you need an external perspective. Sometimes, you know, you you, you might be, you know, I, I know that some, I'm sure you've come across them as well, where people have you know, read a book or summarized it in their own in their own perceptions. Um, so where they narrow, I don't know, maybe a 300 page book down to 30, 30 pages. But again. Even with that, you've probably missed out on so much because that's only one person's perception of what what that book has taught them. Um, and you know, ultimately, everyone is different. If we've all got individual perceptions, needs, to, uh, you know, however you wish to view it, and therefore that's going to have subsequently impacts on how we how we do 
take on board information and what we do perceive to be effective, valuable and effective information for ourselves. Yeah, so how how do you find that works with your coaches then? Because I find that interesting how, how you sort of approach that with the same question. And I think we, we all do that to a certain extent as well because I think it's useful. Uh, how do you find asking that same question, what, what can we think more of it uh, or what, what more can we learn from it again and again and again? Uh, works with your coaches how does that work does it work differently with different coaches um yeah i, I guess so i think it, like i said everyone's different we all um so we're all gonna obtain retain um and digest the information in different ways so i think it's finding the right question for the right person at the right time to get the right result um you know i i'd like to say that you know over the last well I think largely because of how how I am as a coach, um, I like to use an approach which involves a lot of questions, a lot of Q and A. So it's quite a collaborative approach, and it's one that is um, quite challenging in terms of in terms of uh, perception, if you like. So for me, I, I feel like over the years I've, I've I've been able to I guess develop a I won't call it a series of questions, but develop a, a good understanding of the types of questions that need to be asked to obtain certain not answers because you know I'm not, I'm not trying to lead you to an answer if you like but um, certainly trying to open your mind to certain certain different aspects so asking those questions for instance you know, what else can I take away from it so it's not so much what else can you take away from it in this respect because like I said everyone's going to digest that question very differently but it's almost asking in different ways so for instance okay so Kieran you've chosen to do this can you explain to me why yeah. Um, and now once you've, once you've given me your explanation as to why you've done that I might say to you right, okay well I don't know let's, let's think of an example uh, right Kieran how do you start your, how, how do you usually start your coaching sessions yeah definitely so um, I'd, obviously I'd start my coaching sessions by setting up an arrival activity go into things in a certain way straight away right. and get on moving so that that arrival activity, how do you decide on what that arrival activity should look like? Is it something that you use consistently, or is it something that changes from time to time? Good question. So it depends. It varies for me. So I vary depending on the theme of the session a lot of the time, which relates to the session itself. So there's a smoother transition going into it. Fine. And then on average, you know, obviously there's so many little specifics and nuances within it. But how many? topics or areas of uh, focus would you say that you cover within you know within your season if you like so different topics within a season i would say off the top of my head probably about i don't know 20 different topics for example depending right. on obviously uh, which uh, which which topic it is right so then you've got about 20 different topics there um, so would it be fair to say that you've got 20 different activity uh, exercises or whatever activities? Yes. Right. Do you find yourself ever changing the activity? Uh, if Let's say, for instance, you revisit a topic. Let's say you're doing, I don't know, you're working on passing today and then you're working on passing four or five weeks down the line. Do you find yourself revisiting that topic with the same arrival activity or do you find you find the need to have to bring, in, bring a new activity to the table? So I feel it's important to repeat 
sometimes because I think it's I think it's necessary for success. Again, that a repetition helps for me. Okay, right. So you're saying you would repeat the exercise, would you? I would, but okay. not every week. Sure. So not. No, 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 I, I think I think it's really really good there because now when you go into it, this is where I find in my experience a lot of coaches. Um, sometimes struggle and, and find a bit more create, create more challenges for themselves, shall we say, is they almost feel the need to have to develop new practices, even though the ones they're really using might be working. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see that. Yeah, it's so it, the things that are working anyway. They, like I said, they, they want that change because they think they need it, as opposed to there's no reason behind it, sort of thing. Precisely, and then what ends up happening is you start you start spending more time explaining your practices rather than actually working on what's what the, what's what the practice is actually meant to be doing. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's interest that's interesting. That is, and uh, like I said, the way the way you questioned that there was was an interesting approach to it because, like I said, it really gets you thinking about how you do certain things. Again, link link into that food for thought as well, where I just find that I find that really unique because uh, it's, it's a different way of sort of approaching people and making them think about it. So again, from a football perspective, mm. uh, that's and a co- just a coach, I'd say just not even a football perspective, a coaching perspective, that is, that's an interesting way of looking at it as well. So is, is food for thought important? I, th- I think if development is important to you, then food for thought is a must. Um, now the challenge comes with where do you get your food for thought? What are you man? What you know? What what are you feeding your mind? If you like, um, so I think that that's probably that's probably the biggest challenge because it's not just what are you feeding your mind in terms of materials, whether that be podcasts, audio books, books, magazines, or whatever you're reading or whatever you're into, but even the people that are around you. Um, you know, there's an old saying that goes, "You never want to be the smartest person in the room." Um, and and, I, and I, truly, I truly believe I truly believe in that because the amount of people I've come across especially in, the, in this coaching space where you know with all due respect they're coming onto a course and then they they might have 10 years experience and then someone else next to them might have 2 years experience but you know the ultimate thing is right you're all on the same course so it doesn't matter what you've done out, outside of this so you, no one's better than anyone else here if, if that makes sense and it's some of those people that come on courses and I, and, I, and I get it all the time where they might have been working in the, in the coaching for 10, 15, maybe even, even probably longer than I have even. Um, and it's almost they come with a know-it-all attitude um, because really they've never been stretched, challenged or um, no, one's ever really, no one's ever really, really probed on what they're doing and asked them, well, why are you doing it that way? Um and what I found, even even more recently, I had a, I had a coach, you know, I was working with. Um, he was very resistant to any any feedback um, because he was more interested and he was more used to people praising what he was doing and saying, "Well, I'm used to getting praised, so I don't really, I, 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 I don't agree with that." Well, it's just another perspective. No one said you got to agree with it. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it, it's that's all it is. It's another perspective now. I bet you if I was praising your session, you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? 100%, yeah, of course. So, it, it, for me, you know, I, and I, I, say to, I say this to a lot of coaches that I work with, you know, my, my job as a coach developer is not to make you feel better about yourself. 
much obviously help you become a better coach. Now, at times, unfortunately for you, that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. It's going to make you feel, um, in some in some cases, it might even make you feel like you've got no idea what you're doing. But actually, it's just me asking, me just using our discussions, our conversations to make you think about things very differently to where you're currently thinking. And I think that, for me, is is it can be quite a powerful way of doing it. In that, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, I've had about let me share this example. I remember when I first started delivering uh, code education within the within the national governing body, and I remember my first course. I so we, we had a group of twenty four learners, um, of which um, so the way it would work is two two tutors would deliver from twenty four learners, and we work together on the delivery. And then, uh, if we use it FA level two as an example. You'd obviously have your in situ visits where the tutor will come out and observe you and whatnot. I remember off the back of the first block, I went out, did a bunch of visits for these different learners, came back in for block two. And I remember one particular day, it was a lunchtime, uh, you know, everyone was broken for lunch and I was having a big group and having a conversation around how they found the course so far. And, you know, we were all like, well, um, there was another learner that was still yet to be seen by me, and he came up to me and said, yes, um, I'm a bit apprehensive about you coming out to see me. I was like, okay, really, tell me more about that then. Um, why are you apprehensive? And he goes, well, I've been hearing that you come out, you just you just slate everyone's sessions. I said, like, okay, <laughs> interesting. Um, that's very interesting because, that's, I mean, that's one way of looking at what I do. Um, but did you then ask all these coaches how... how, how how they found that feedback and whether they de- whether they feel like they've developed off the back of it. Now, be mindful that you want to ask this question and make clear to them that they need to take their feelings out of it. Yeah, it's they detaching that personal out side out of it, isn't it? it exactly. Because, and then what actually hadn't ever happened was is we had a group of what maybe thirteen coaches, and yeah, did, yeah, he, he slated me, he slated me, he slated me, he slated me. I said, all right, cool. Now. For those of you that I slated, how many of you feel that one week after that slating, you weren't a better coach? Interesting. Now, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not saying that I'm outstanding coach developer, but like I said, my job is not to make you feel good about yourself. My, my job is to help you think differently about what you're doing, and not always to think differently. But if you're going to think the same way. It, that's fine too, but making sure that you're doing it with more conviction, making sure you know exactly why you're doing what you're doing. And if you don't know exactly why you're doing what you're doing, to really challenge yourself to ask yourself, why are you doing it then? Um, and that, that, that's the way I see my role. So I guess, you know, coming back to that food for thought piece and, you know, never being the smartest one in the room, it's what can I take away from the situation? Always ask yourself, what can I learn here? What can I learn here? What can I learn here? And, you know, I, I utilize that within my coaching, I utilize that within. Um, my coach development and you know and I, 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 as best as possible try to utilise that in my daily life that's that's important as well and and sort of pushing people out of that comfort zone is, is probably the toughest thing to do for you probably I'd, I would imagine but mm. uh, again how important is that obviously going back to the smartest smartest person in the room obviously it's learning and how important is the approach to coaches uh, when providing that different perspective? In what sense? 
So in a sense of when you are going out to a coach and you're being not necessarily critical, but um, you're analysing their, their coaching, if you like, mm. and, and showing a different perspective on it. Yeah. And you have the conversation with them at the end of the session or during mm-hmm. the session or before. How important is that approach to you then? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. So, I mean, the way I approach it is, let's say I was coming out to see you now, Kieran, and what you deliver a session. I'll, I'll tell you what, look, there's three ways in which we can do this. Um, I've got a way which I feel is the most effective. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm here to help you and do things the way that you want it done. Um, and straight away, I'll, I'll give them three ways. So first, the first way is, Right, I can either just stand back, not say a word to you, and just literally watch what you're doing for the next, I don't know, an hour, 90 minutes, whatever it is. Um, so that's option one. Option two is I can stand back, do exactly what I've just said, but allow for you to use me as a as a, as a a resource while you're going through the session. So if you've got any questions that might come up for yourself in the session or you've got anything you want to bounce with someone while the session's going on, you can come along and do that. Because um, I'm here, I'm watching the session anyway. Do you know what I mean? And then option three is right, Kieran. You're delivering. You tell me what you want. Um, now, what I can do is a, I can tell you you're on the right track, um, but actually step in and 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 challenge you while the session's going on. So almost like a live, uh, a live reflection process rather than you know, post-session reflection, post-session guidance, if you like. Um, and then, the, in fact, there's an option four as well, um, which is doing exactly that, but then go one further, giving you the opportunity for me to actually then actually practically demonstrate what I'm, you know, some of the ways in which we can further develop the session from my perspective, of course. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's a visit for me to come and observe you and support you um, not to assess you, and that's the very key part to this. Is very, I'm coming to observe you, assess you, give you some thought. Um, like you said, you know, perfectly food for thought, offer you a different perspective on what's currently happening, what my observations are, um, and just again try and stretch and challenge your thinking on what you're currently doing and whether it's actually what you're trying to achieve. Because from my experiences, a lot of coaches say they want A, but subconsciously they don't even realize that they're doing B. Yeah, um, as a result because, of that. Exactly, and because, there's, because you know, if, again, for lack of a better way of describing it, because they are considered to be the smartest one in that room, no one's challenging them. Yeah, they've always been told, you're, yeah, it's great. You, you exactly don't, that. You don't need to, not necessarily don't need to improve, but everything's good, what you're doing. And, you know, exactly. you're working towards whatever you need to. In, in, Interesting, uh, interesting points uh, made on it as well. Can you give an example of a positive response which you have received as a direct result of your mentoring, if you like? Yeah. Um, which I'm sure you've had loads, by the way. Yeah, I've got um, a text literally a couple of days ago. So um, I remember, so this was a course that I'd done, you know, maybe three years ago, two, two years ago or something like that. Um, on the day one, I butted heads with this guy. Butted heads with this guy on the course. It was just like, well, I know I'm confident in what I'm saying, so I'm not. I'm not going to budge. But you know, we can have a discussion. Um, and again, it was it, it, if, I, if I reflect in hindsight, he literally was. It, it was a situation where he probably was the smartest one in the room in his environment. 
Um, so wasn't used to being challenged, wasn't used to being told that it, what, he, what he's doing could be different or just seeing things from a different perspective. He actually texted me the other day and said, you know what, yes, um, I really want to thank you. I was like, okay, well, what's it, what for? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yes. We've been in, been in lockdown, we've been COVID and all that. You know, what, what was there to thank you for? And he goes, no, do you know what I realised? He goes, I realised, you know, all that time where you were grilling me on the course and you were grilling me in our interactions, um, you were only doing it to help me become a better coach. I was like, well, I'm glad you can see that because that's all I'm interested in. Um, because I don't gain anything from, you know, not helping you become a better coach. I don't gain anything from even you just passing the qualification. That's, that doesn't do anything for me. But if you can walk away a much better coach or much more uh, conscious and aware coach than you were when you when you stepped into this environment with me, then I believe I've done my job. Because ultimately what's going to happen is that's going to be the most powerful thing end of the day. If you, as an example, if we take a level two qualification as an example and say, right, you know what, I've worked with over 300 learners on a level two across the years and now there's a, you know, a level three or UEFA B comes up and there's a bunch of coaches on that course that are hitting the ground running and really just, you know, standing out. It's not going to take a genius to work out eventually when the, when the right questions are asked where they've all come from. You know, if someone starts saying, well, yeah. right, well, Kieran, where, what, what course did you go on, mate? What, who was your tutor? When did you do that? And then, you know, the next person, the next person, the next person. Before you know it, if you've got a group of 24 learners and you know, nine of these learners have come through a course that I've run, in, you know, at one point in time, so it's not going to take it's not going to take too long before people start saying, "Well, what the hell is Yas doing with them?" You know, he's obviously been doing a good job. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I said, yeah, as a tutor, but you get that quite a lot anyway. As coaches, it's quite. No, it must be quite hard to remember some, and and but quite easy to remember others. <laughs> probably on on courses, it probably be a, a, a fair reflection on that one. I would imagine. Um, but again, I suppose that depends on different courses, different people, different approaches. So, do you use food for thought in your uh, in your courses? Then, for example, after you've mentored someone a lot, a lot of the time, or mentored twenty four people, do you use that? Would you say on a on an everyday basis, as it were? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. You know, I. I'm 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 the type of person that you, you, you can't have a conversation without without receiving a question from me. Yeah, you won't. It won't happen. Um, it's almost become a, a, a subconscious habit of mine. I'm going to ask you a question that's going to get you get, get you to think about what you're saying, and it it can get quite frustrating. And you know, sometimes me and my missus butt heads. She goes, "You're always trying to find out more. Just just let it be. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. uh, just 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 let me express myself." So I think you know, it's it's um. You know, but def- definitely, I think, you know, in a, in a coach education or coach development capacity, and even working with my players, I'm always asking them, well, all right, well, what are you paying attention to here? What are you focusing on? Um, and again, not to not to catch people out, not to say that you're doing the wrong things, but just to kind of give you an opportunity to maybe further clarify for yourself whether you're focusing on the right things. Because um, sometimes you are focusing on the right things when you don't even know it. Um, sometimes you're focusing on the wrong things and you might not know it. Or sometimes you might be focusing on the wrong things but might not know what those things are. So I think it's just asking those questions just to help people to raise awareness 
raise their raise you know raise consciousness around some of the things they are you know perceiving and taking on board and using as food for thought so i guess for me you know one of the one of the massive things i like to do as well is and i found it quite useful in my own uh in my own work whether that be whether players or coaches is um i like to use a lot of analogies because i find that especially in, in the world of football people like to complicate it it's actually such a simple game and there's, simple so, many game. there's, there's so many things within it it's just so simple but it's almost like as soon as you start talking about football, people just think it's, you know, uh, you know, master's degree level algebra. It's not. It's really not. And I think sometimes you're just taking, detaching yourself from the game just to understand the principles and understand the, the concepts that apply within it. Massively. Massively important. And again, I've had various conversations on the importance of simplicity within the game and within football. Again, sometimes with, even within life, you know, yeah. like we, we don't appreciate the simple things enough. Uh, and I think I think that can have a, a massive impact on the way we think on our, on our mindset. Like you said, on everyday lives, whether whether like you said, that's that's like I said with, with your missus, with with a cope, with yeah. your family, with your friends. Yeah. So many different conversations uh, around food for thought, but then people like to complicate things. And I think just everyone does it. And yeah. I, I think everyone does it without realizing. Really, would you say that's hundred percent? This 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 is why for me it's like well. Uh, again, like you know, if I use you know, the coach development piece as an example, you know, if I'm coming, up, I'm coming to watch. You, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you about all the, all the obvious things. You know that it's like you know, it's like having a, it's like in a game when you know a player makes a makes a mistake, and you know, player knows that you don't need to tell him that. Player knows when he's made a mistake. A player knows when he's done something well, or you know, some some more anyway. So you don't need to highlight those things. You know, you need to help them understand more. Why it was a mistake, or why it did go well, or trying to try and help them evaluate and understand how they got to the point of making that decision that it, that you know that left them with that outcome, if you like. And I think that's the key thing, that, you know, what people coaches need to start thinking about. And I guess, you know, for me, it's it's, it's vital, you know, whatever whatever you're doing, whether it's like I said, whether it's in coaching, whether it's in life, or whatever it is, is you got to start asking yourself, you know, what. what if there was another way to look at this, what would it be? One hundred. It's, it's, it's the power of the questions that you're asking yourself, and then I always say to coaches and people and you know, anyone I speak to, the quality of your questions will determine the quality of your answers. So if you're not satisfied with where you're at, whether that be a coach, whether that be, you know, as a father or a husband or whatever it is that you're doing, the chances are you're asking yourself questions that are not effective enough for you. So you need to start asking yourself something different. So I, you know, instead of instead of saying, well, instead instead of looking at, I guess, looking at the positives, look at right. Well, how do I take those positives and turn them into super positives, if you like? How do I how do I, how do I make them more powerful? And, and I think it, as well, it's important for people to understand that you know, in the process of doing that, there's going to be things that you you you're not comfortable with, you're not too keen on, but. If we go back to the whole piece around development and personal development, professional development, or whatever that may be, getting better is one thing, but the work that it takes is another. And the reality is, 
I don't know anyone that's ever said that you have to enjoy getting, enjoy the process to get better. And what I mean by that is enjoy the things that you have to do on the way there. You just have to go with it. Sometimes you're going to have to do things you don't want to do because you know it's the, it's the right thing to do that's going to get you closer to the way you want to end up. You're not always going to enjoy the process in terms of the actual physical actions or behaviours that you're going to have to carry out. But what you do have to do is you have to immerse yourself in it. You have to immerse yourself in it. You have to start asking yourself better questions around how you're going to get from point A to point B with point B being closer to your goal, if not your goal. But then, you know, I'm also of the mind that, you know, I don't think there ever is an end goal. And if you if you set an end goal on something, then I think you're limiting yourself in that respect as well. I think have some milestones, yes. But, you know, this journey of life, whether that be within the coaching space or just generally in life, don't think you can have an end goal, which is why it's even more important to ask yourself, right, what is what are you what are you trying to achieve, and not as a tangible, right? Oh, well, I'm I want to become a millionaire. Why? How 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 is that going to help you? What do you actually value in this life? And it's not a case of you might you might appreciate money, you might appreciate something different, but for me, what I've come to find is there's two types of people in this world, Kieran. Yeah, there's, there's people that that add value, and then there's people that add stress. Which one do you want to be? <laughs> that's a great question. That's a great question. And and, and that's and that's that's something, like I said, you don't always need an answer to straight away. But if you're thinking about it, then yeah. What which one which one would you which one would you want? You yeah. you want to add value. You want to add value, but you need to be in that. That um, out of your pushed out of your comfort zone at the same time as well. And remember, remember this as well: adding value is not a personal thing. It's not something that's 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 an internal thing. It's an external thing. And what I mean by that is a lot of coaches think, "Well, I can add value." Yeah, but it's only valuable to the person perceiving it is 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 is, is perceiving it to be of value. One hundred percent. So, other way, you know, in other words, you, you don't do things the way you want to do them. Do things the way that the people who you're doing it for are going to receive it right yeah and I guess it, you know it comes with that whole piece of empathy and you know being a bit more compassionate and understanding right okay well I've got my way of doing things but my way of doing things is only going to work for certain types of people or whatnot and no one's saying that just because someone wants it in a certain way that it's going to be best for them but it's identifying what you can bring to the table and doing it in a way where it is helping people get closer to where they want to end up, and like I said, you know, you've got adding value, or adding stress. Um, so you know, anyone listening to this, I'll, I'll probably you know, urge you to kind of consider if someone was to answer or answer, answer be asked the question right now, or the, you know, a few people around you right now. Right, does Kieran add more value or more stress to your life? I know which answer I'd want. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, you know, again, you go one deeper, and if you say, "Right, I'm adding value more than I'm adding stress," come away with something tangible that suggests why you're doing it. Back it up. What are you actually doing that's adding value? And sometimes this is where a lot of people, in my opinion, get it wrong. Is they're too busy trying to be a better, a, 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 you know, a cheap imitation of someone else. Stop focusing on what everyone else is doing. Focus on yourself and ask yourself, "What have you got?" But I, I believe we've all got something innate within us which allows us to add value to others. But the quality of the questions that we're asking ourselves hasn't brought us to the point of understanding what that is yet. The, rele- the relevance of it and mm. the place and the time. 
Exactly. Uh, there's so many different factors that come in. Obviously, that's leading up to the person as well. <laughs> so, I, I just find that so so powerful. Then, um, speaking about that that particular question, that value or stress. So, again, how does so linking to that? Then, how does food for thought support you? And how did so you spoke, you touched on earlier, for example, uh, obviously you read, you listen. How do you use that to support you? How do, how do you use that to help you develop your mindset? Mm. I think, um, you know, like I said, I listen to podcasts, I listen to audiobooks, I listen to, uh, you know, um, things over and over and over. And every time I listen to something, and if I listen to it again, I'm constantly asking myself, what did I miss? Did I miss anything out here? Um, and, you know, you, you probably heard this saying, you know, ink it when you think it. Actually take down, make notes, you know, make notes. It's something that I would, you know, I'm, I'm probably not the best. I'm probably still not, I'm still working on it. So, you know, it's a work in progress for me, but I never used to do it at all. Um, I used to think, yeah, let me just remember everything. But the reality is, you're not going to remember everything. Sometimes you do need a bit of support from that paper, or that, or that, or that notebook in your in your phone, or whatever it is that you might be using to make your notes. Um, in fact, you know, I think go going pen to paper is probably the most effective way. I think, I think the research suggests that anyone that actually takes down something, writes it down, is thirty three percent more likely to retain it. Um, and especially if it's a goal. Or you know an objective that you that you want to hit, you're probably more likely to achieve it because of the fact that you've put pen to paper on it. So you know because obviously when you go through the process of actually writing it down, your brain is actually processing that information. And the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you do it, it becomes ultimately ingrained. So I guess for me, how do I use food for thought? It's about again tuning into the uh, resources, tuning into well, like I said, and it's studying the material. I think there's another piece of research that said that you know if you if you if you re whatever area of life it's in, if you want to become a, I won't say an expert, but if you want to if you want to become one of the most knowledgeable people in that field, read five books on that on that topic. Read five books on that topic. Study five books on that topic, and you're probably going to be in the top twenty percent in the world in that in that area. Because not enough people do go to the extent where they're actually absorbing that information, digesting, and actually studying the information. So, you know, if anyone's listening to this and decide all of a sudden that I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of books that are on my bookshelf in front of me and say, right, um, if you want to, you know, learn more about the blue planet, <laughs> you want to learn more about the blue planet, yeah. go, and read, go and read five books on the blue planet, study that, read it over again, read it again, and challenge yourself each time you read it, can you, can you make a note of something different? Can you make a note of something new that you didn't last time? And, you know, I challenge anyone listening to this, we're, we're picking an area of your life, picking an area, it might be your business, it might be your career, it might be whatever it is, it might be building relationships. Go and read five books on that. Come back six months later and you're listening to this podcast, come back to Kieran in six months and let him know how you got on with that. Love that. Love that. I, f- I think that is, that is an interesting bit of food for thought for you people listening use that as an opportunity to to challenge yourself 
and push yourself. And like Yaz just said, come back and let me know. And feel free as well to let Yaz know uh, how, how you got on, because I'm sure Yaz wouldn't mind you getting in touch with him. Um, so, again, just... So, on on that then, how how have your experiences affected your mindset now? Mm. Mm. It's a great question, man. I think... Um, and it's quite a general one, I think. Yeah. I think... Okay, I, I, I use this one experience in particular, right? Um, which I feel like has been a pivotal point in my coaching journey. Um, and it's kind of it, it subsequently it, it's, it's, it's lent itself to the rest of my life if you like yeah. so I was working with a group of players I'm going to say maybe about five years ago and when I was working with this group of players um, just to give a bit more context it was a goalkeeping session so you know, I've, I've, I've experienced working with goalkeepers as well and I was working with a group of goalkeepers on this day um, I can't remember what the topic was but it was a particular topic they were working on and there was six or seven co- seven players in the session, seven six or seven goalkeepers in the session. So I was working at a club, um, and had a few people on trial. We had I think three goalkeepers there that were signed, and we had four coming in on trial just to have a look at them. Anyways, we you know d- doing the session, going into that session, I, I had a clear idea of what I wanted to work on, a clear idea of what it should look like, and then I had seven players. They were from six different, five different countries. So what happened was, is I, said I had a clear idea of what, what, what I wanted in terms of the action um, as well as the task. But what, that, what this experience taught me was the importance of not looking at the action but focusing on the task. Yeah, so, you know, putting them through the session, going through it, going through it, going through it, everything's going well, everyone's getting some success. But something didn't feel right to me. And... I'm just watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm saying, what, what's going on here? What, what, what's the issue? I don't understand. Something's not feeling right. And what I realised was that I had, like I said, seven goalkeepers from five different countries. So they were all going to have their own influences and experiences away from what I'm currently doing, right? They were all going to be impacted in different ways. Yeah. What I realised was they were all getting success, but only two of them were doing it in a way that I would, I probably would deliver the information. Or I would like it, for, or I would like to see it be done if they like. So I had to catch myself in that in that moment. I had to catch myself. Well, right, okay, I identified why I'm not feeling good about what's going on, even though they're getting success. But what is that? What? Why did? Where is? Why? Where is? Where is that coming from? And I realized actually, I'm making this a personal thing, rather than looking at the greater picture and and asking myself, right, is it working? Mm-hmm. I'm saying to myself, yeah, it's working, but it's not working right. Well, if it's working, then it's working, isn't it? It doesn't have to be working right. There is no right. Or better yet, if it's working and it's achieving the outcome that you set, then it is working right. So in that moment, straight away, it challenged me to think differently in that, okay, I've got my perception. I've got my I've got my beliefs, my, my experiences, my understanding of things. However, if someone else is coming into it and they're still, getting, still achieving... The outcome, or you know, overcoming the task, and or the challenge that's been set, then that's okay. But 
coming back to the, you know, we've got, I feel like we're going around circle now. In, in what can I take away from this? Or what I can take away from this is understanding why they do it and the way they do it, because that will help me to understand whether the way that I'm doing it is most efficient for me, the way that I'm delivering it is most efficient for the people that I'm giving the information to, or if there's some underlying factors that actually I can take away from what they're doing and offer to someone else. Again, you're even adding value, adding stress. I'm sure you've been there, Kieran, where a coach is telling you to do something and it just doesn't maybe doesn't, maybe doesn't feel right to you. One hundred percent. You might have your own way of perceiving it. You might have your own way of your own experiences around it, or you've been from one coach that's told you to do it this way, and another coach told you to do it this way, and it's just two very conflicting views. Or you're used to being told one thing, and now all of a sudden someone's going to challenge that, so it doesn't feel quite right in that respect. Which is why, in that moment, what actually happened was I went into that session with possibly one way of, you know, overcoming this task or achieving this task, if you like. Um, but I left it five. I left it five different ways, but I also had five different ways with some justifications and rationale as to why those five were, were effective for those individuals. So as an example, you might have one player who decides, actually, I'm going to do it this way. I might start a little bit higher off my line because I know that I've got quite a good spring on me. So if it does go, if it does look like it's going to go over me, then I, I, you know, I, I trust myself to be able to deal with that. As an example, as opposed to, you know, if we're looking at outdoor players, you might have a player who decides to pick up a slightly different start position to someone else because he feels like, you know what, I'm probably a lot quicker than that guy is, so I can afford to make up the ground. By giving myself this, you know, this slight advantage in this direction, if I do lose it, now I know I can make up the ground, get him back, or whatever that might be. But understanding more about the thinking that goes into making that decision. Um, and I guess that's kind of stuck with me um, in every aspect, not just in coaching, not just in coach development, but in life. Why do people do what they do? And why do they? Uh, again, it, I guess for me, my brain never, my mind never rests in that respect because I'm always like, well, why would you do that? Why would you do that? But why would you do that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's just like a constant cycle of why, why, why? You know, it's like a, it's like it's like a toddler. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's that the best way I would describe it is constant contradiction, where. Mm you can't say something without contradicting what you've done previously because mm. that that and that is the way that it works you know everyone and like i said i think it's so important to look at different ways of coaching different ways of uh, sort of probably affecting your life whether that's reading whether that's coaching whether that's going to the gym whether that's um going through runs or walks whatever it may be mm. in all walks of life there's going to be contradictions along the way that tell you to do the opposite and it's about sort of managing those contradictions and sort of bringing your own philosophy into it would you say that's would you agree with that um yeah but i feel like you know that that word philosophy scares a lot of people <laughs> it does um, I feel I feel it does scare a lot of people. I think um, forget the word philosophy, maybe, and just ask yourself, what do you believe in, and why? Your values. What are your values? It's yeah, probably what you more value? important. Because um, you know your philosophy, if you like, it's just the, it's a bit of a buzzword. It's just something that overarches everything. Um, and as soon as you know the amount of times I've seen a coach being asked, well, what's your philosophy?" and then they freeze. Like, I haven't got a bloody clue. No, they haven't. And then what ends up, what often happens... Because of you. 
oh, this is it. And they, and they often start asking themselves or explaining themselves around the way they want their teams to play or the way they want to see things done as opposed to why. What about you as an individual? What's your philosophy? For instance, you know, someone, you know, someone recently asked me this question. You know, this, this is no doubt. It's definitely, you know, changed over the years and it's become, you know, I've become a bit more confident and uh, have a bit more conviction when I say it. He was saying, oh, yes, what's your coaching philosophy? Well, my coaching philosophy, if you ask, if you ask me what type of coach I am, I, I believe myself to be a coach of the why. I'm not really bothered about what you're doing or how you're doing it because at the end of the day you're going to have your own reasons for that but my, my, my role in this process is to have a collaborative discussion around the why why have you chosen to do it that way and then by understanding the why both from your perspective as the person I'm working with and my perspective as the coach in this process we'll understand together and be able to evaluate and assess whether it, your why is, is a strong enough reason to be doing it in the way that you're doing it because by understanding the why, we then obviously then we then we have got some tools that we that we can we've got some variables in which we can measure. Say, so, well, you're doing it because you know, as an example, you've picked up the ball and you've decided you're going to play the pass to the right. Well, I thought, why have you done that, Kieran? You might turn and say, well, I didn't see any other options. Okay, well, why why didn't you see any other options? And I said, well, there was no one making any runs. Okay, brilliant. Um, so. Could you see anyone else in, in in your eye view when you when you when you made that decision? You might tell us saying no. So well, how did you know no one else was making any runs then? Now now all of a sudden say like, okay well maybe you're right maybe maybe I didn't maybe I should have looked okay well fine right so now we've understood that well okay Kieran what what could you do next time that might allow you to see more runs if they were there and that's not to say they were but if they were there what could you do differently that would help you to see them? And now you now you might start switching it up, yeah. Um, you know, a, a, a great way to look at it is this: if you keep doing the same thing over and over, it becomes a bit of a, uh, a memorable task. And you never want to get in a situation where you're doing memorable tasks. If you think back to you know when you when you're in your school and you're you know you're studying for exams and you're revising for exams. You know, people used to use flashcards, right? And I'm sure they still do. But if your flashcards are always in the same order, then you you know what to expect. It's yeah. only going to be a matter of time before you before you, before you don't need those flashcards anymore because you know the order they're going to drop in. But what would happen if you had ten flashcards and let's say every single time that you went through those ten, I switched up the order. Well, now you're going to have to start paying attention to different things. Now you might have to start paying attention to keywords as opposed to a, con a sequence of words, if you like. Now you might have to start processing information very differently. You know, definitely. And, and, and that's that's what I, you know. I challenge people to maybe start thinking about doing in their life. Well, okay, well, you don't know what's going to happen next. So try and, again. It's what can I learn from this? What can I take away from this? Not going through the motions, doing the same thing over and over and over and over. That's why, you know, even coming back to the top of the conversation, if you're using those same activities or same practices in your sessions, that's not a problem. What you can't be doing is working on the same points again and again and again and again with no variation within them because all you're going to be doing is you're wasting time. I'll give you a, 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 this is a, this is a great way to look at it. It, it. it certainly works for me. 
if as a coach you're delivering a session and when you're delivering that session your players are constantly getting success let's say you know every you know they're getting nine out of ten times they're getting success on the activity you're doing ask yourself this if this was a game what would their actual success rate look like what does it look like right so if you're delivering a session and your players are getting success nine out of ten times let's say you're doing a finishing session as an example now if if this if you were looking at a game and they had 10 shots in a game would they still get nine out of ten shots success i don't know the answer to that question but if, if you're a coach saying right well actually in a game they probably only get three or four out of ten right fine so then what you need to do as a coach is you need to put on a session which stretches them around that and what i mean by that is if your session is allowing them to get more than three or four out of ten on a consistent basis your session is not challenging them enough. It's not comprehensive enough for them. So it's about it's about stimulating the mind massively. And again, that can apply to not just coaching, but everyday life. So again, if you're re- repeating yourself and you're doing the same things day in, day out, and you are getting the same results, ask yourself why. Do you, what do you need to do to change? Precisely. The thing is, even even when you get to the point where you're saying, "Yeah, I'm getting the results I want," you've now got you've now got to change your thinking again. You've got now got to say, "Well, how am I going to get even better? What can I do to take this to the next level?" Because what will happen is, if you stay with the same consistent habits again and again, yeah, you might develop you might develop some positive things within that, but it's only going to be a matter of time before that way doesn't work anymore. Because, you know, what's, what's that? What's that old Einstein saying? You know, thinking that got you. Well, thinking that you thinking that you got you here today is not the thinking that's going to take you past. Take you forward. Yeah. And and it's literally that. So you know, you you you've had to transform yourself from being one person into another to get to where you are today. And in order to get to the next stage, you're going to have to do that again, which comes back in a full circle again. What are the questions that you're asking yourself? Are you are you challenging yourself enough to understand? what you've taken away from the situation you're currently in. Are you challenging yourself, right, okay, what's another perspective here? Are you challenging yourself to say, right, what can I learn from this that I haven't learned before? Massively. And I think it comes back to knowing your why as well. Exactly. Knowing your why is so, so important. Because if you don't know your why, then you don't... do you have a purpose almost as to where you're going? And the thing is, if you don't know your why, you'll just be doing everything and anything in the hopes that it's going to take you closer to where you want to go. Yeah. You know, I think in knowing your why, you, you, you've had to take time out to understand whether what you're doing is congruent with that. Um, and you're not just doing it aimlessly. You're not just doing it because you believe or you think it's the right thing but more specifically that you know it's in incongruence with what you're looking for. Definitely. Definitely. So, going on from that, what piece of advice would you give to anyone 
looking to or piece of food for thought what what piece of food for thought would you look to give anyone looking to develop their mindset further so if there's one piece of advice that you could give to someone yeah what would it be i think for me you know it's it's twofold first of all when was the last time you asked yourself and if you have asked yourself what was the answer to that question of are you adding value or adding stress to the situation you're in to the person you're dealing with right now what are you doing are you adding value or adding stress um and then you know the, 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 the kind of the following piece of that is how often are you finding yourself to be the smartest one in the room now not in not, not iq it's not you know and this is the key thing we're all experts in our own way we're all experts at something but how often are you finding yourself being the expert across many areas within your life um and, you know it was it's, you know it's that old saying isn't it it's, it's the people that you surround yourself with the five people you surround yourself with the most are the people that you, you want to have the biggest impact in your life so any areas in which you want to excel be around the people that are good the people that, that you believe are good at that people that you believe are experts people you believe are specialists in those areas and sometimes it's not possible to always get around them physically so but you need to try and develop a network and you know get access to people like that you know that that are doing the things that you want to be doing that are excelling in the areas that you want you want to be developing in um, so that's probably the first piece and the second piece is the power of the questions that you ask yourself it's just you know, it's just truly phenomenal and incredible the power of the questions you ask yourself you know will dictate your decisions your answers that you that you you're telling yourself the you know how confident you become and it is literally asking yourself more specific and powerful questions so rather than you know, something basic as I don't know how am I feeling today? Right, you ask yourself how you feeling today. That's yeah. not the important part. The important part is right, what's making me feel this way. Because now you start to get you walk you you start to you know you start walk. to delve into why yeah. you're feeling that way. And that, that's the, that's it. and then because if it's just if it's just about how or what you're feeling. Well, it doesn't really tell you anything other than that's that's what you're feeling. But if you don't, if you if you can feel, start to ask yourself, well, what's impacting on that? Then those are the things that you can actually start to uh, uh, alter or amend or adjust or however you wish to view it. And that's the way you're going to start, you know, making transformational changes in your life, whether that be in business, whether that be in work, whether that be in career, whether that be in life and relationships or you know, parenthood, you know, marriage or whatever that might be or. You need you need to know what you're doing at the moment, and what impact is having. So you need to constantly ask yourself, what is the impact that this is having, or why am I, why have I got what's brought me to this point that I'm at now, and it could be it could be a, a, a single action, it could be a series of actions, it could be the way in which you've uh, interpreted someone's someone else's actions, and I guess you've got to take your emotions out of it and be a bit more black and white what's happening how's it impacting me and why is it impacting me in that way but more importantly how do i want it to impact me and you get to choose that you get to choose how it's going to impact you 
because even if you feel like it's been a you know it's been a, a a tough situation, you get to choose how you respond to that. You get to choose whether you're going to find a lesson in that or find a or find a curse in that. So the power of questions is going to be most important for me. Definitely, definitely, and I think. Like I said, the more the more you start to question yourself, the more important it becomes. The more you start to learn about yourself, and the more then you can further develop yourself. Hundred percent, Kieran. I think you know something for people to think about. How often do you actually have a conversation with yourself? How often do you actually have a conversation with yourself? You know, anyone listening to this, how often do you actually have a conversation with yourself? How often do you end up in the, end up going down a rabbit hole with yourself? And I think that, for me, is, is something that people need to start thinking more about. Is yeah, how, have I ever have you even ever been in a rabbit hole by yourself? Mm. Interesting uh, analogy with that as well. And then when the, the more you think about it, have you? <laughs> and uh, and then if so, what did you do? To sort of, you know, uh, deal with that if 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 you like. Yeah, that's so, one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is, well, if you have, are you sure it was a rabbit hole, not just a dip? How long is a piece of string? How big How big is a hole before it becomes a rabbit hole? Or is a rabbit hole you know, only a rabbit hole once a rabbit steps in it? Is that only, a di- like I said, yeah, a dip? Uh-huh. Or a speed bump, whatever, whichever way you want to look Precisely. at it. Um, so... Really, really thought-provoking that, and I know I've certainly uh, uh, sort of inked it while I've thinked it today. Um, so, one final one from me. So, so, what three values would you say you live by? Okay. Values. And that is a tough question. Um, what three values would I say I live by? Uh, I don't know if it's a value, but it's something I definitely, I definitely believe in. Is a uh, clarity. Yeah, absolute clarity. Um, I. I guess I, I, I've got a habit of trying to make things black and white even when they can't be. But, so I think that's one of the things, and yeah, you know, I, I live my life with getting clarity, uh, searching for clarity in everything. Um, because, it, it, you know, on that pursuit for clarity, it helps me to kind of maybe understand more about it, break it down, make it more tangible um, and assess it a bit more. So that's that's probably, that's probably one of them. Um, Consistency. Um, again, I don't know if you consider it value or just a behaviour, but consistency is probably something for me as well. It's, it's understanding that there's a process in place and sticking to it. Um, mm-hmm. The process is, is there. and Trust you know, in that process. It's, it's literally that. And, you know, if you put it this way, if I said to you, all right, Kieran, um, I'm going to put you into a competition as a race. I'm going to run a race now. I've, I can't tell you how long you're going to be running for. But on the end of it is everything that you want. 
or did how you... hard are you willing to work and how much effort how much drive are you going to give me in that race not knowing when the race is going to end and infinite that... purpose sorry say that again infinite purpose exactly that it's ongoing you've got no idea when this is going to end but what I can tell you is if you stop now you ain't going to see what happens at the back end of it so I think uh, clarity consistency um, and again I don't know whether it's a behaviour or a value really but confidence I think you have to you have to have confidence you have to have um, and almost a self-belief that you can do whatever you put your mind to and you know sky truly is the limit um, you know I, I, I share, share a brief example and uh, I, obviously you know I want I want to podcast myself um, yeah can you talk to us more more about that to, to yeah. go with Definitely speak to us about it. So, um, started a podcast about you know just before we went into lockdown last, or just after we went to lockdown last year. Um, it's an idea that I've been sitting on for a little while. And then I guess at the start of lockdown, I was doing my wife's heading because I was just around her all the time. <laughs> she was like, you're, you're, "You're bored. You do my head. Go get, go and do something. Do something." Yeah. <laughs> so we started this podcast and they initially just started off me having conversations with other coaches and trying to find out a little bit more about their journeys and their views and perspectives on different coaching related aspects and as time's gone on it's evolved you know I'm not just speaking to coaches I'm speaking to people from multiple disciplines so I'm you know, speaking to sports psychologists performance psychologists like, you know, uh, physical performance specialists the sleep, co- sleep coaches and neuroscientists and you know just all the different people that could potentially get involved in that process but obviously that's then involved again and I've now had athletes and ex 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 athletes in, involved as well. And you know, I started the podcast last May. Um and we got to about three months in and I realised that actually this is being listened to in twenty five different countries in the world. Um, wow. and I, you know something was and I remember sitting there with my wife and saying, you know, something's going on here. I don't know what it is, but I've got a good feeling about this podcast and it's obviously doing what it is, you know. But at that point, I'm saying to her, I want to go and get some bigger, bigger guests. I want to get some big people on the show. Not to say the guys that I've been on so far weren't, because they, they, they were excellent and incredible guests. But I want to get some, like, you know, from household names, if you like. Just like, oh, well, who do you want? I want to just make a list and start going through it. Um, I did that. Didn't think too much of it. I just thought, yeah, this is a fun exercise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And... You know, I had some, you know, big names, and I'm talking like, you know, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, Beckham, Mourinho, you know, you all, all the big names that you can think of. Yeah. Um, but then I didn't just stop there. So, you know, I went into different sports and, you know, long story short, starting a podcast in May last year, and by Christmas, I was recording with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I'm, sit- I'm sitting here doing this recording with you and I've literally got a plaque in front of me that was uh, was uh, that was gifted to me um, a plaque of my episode with Shaquille O'Neal that is incredible um, so it was actually for, yeah, for, for, my, for my birthday earlier this year my wife bought me this plaque um, a custom made plaque with, with, with the artwork of the Shaquille O'Neal episode on it um, and I think it's just a reminder to say Do you know what 
how often do we take stock of all the things that we've achieved in our life? If you told me at the start of my podcast that within less than a year, I'll be interviewing Shaquille O'Neal, I would have been like, you're crazy. <laughs> you are mad. <laughs> you are yeah. mad. Not only in less than a year, but within you know, within six or seven months of starting it. And what makes that's not even the baddest thing about it. You will have Shaquille O'Neal on your podcast. And not only that, but you're going to record it with him on Christmas Day. So you're oh, actually going to record with Shaquille O'Neal on Christmas Day, and that's going to be on your podcast. But, I, would but it, like, I don't know what mythical stories and fictional books that you could read it, but that ain't going to happen. No, that's that's it, and it's it's yeah. Look, and you go, wow, that that that's incredible uh, for what you've achieved, and it just shows you sort of anything is possible when you have the right mindset, when you have the right focus, when you have the right attitude and application towards what you want to achieve, and mm. and, and that is. I mean, you said some big names to me the other day when, like I said, I, I came up to you, uh, I messaged you because I felt, oh, this is someone I can relate to, definitely. And mm. and I'm trying to do the same with, with my podcast at the minute, you know, trying to speak to some big, trying to message some big names. And I just keep thinking to myself, well, why not? Because well, this, this is the thing. It's the power that What is the worst life. that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? You're going to be in the same situation you are now. The amount of people I've I've had over the podcast now that first time I reached out to them, I didn't even get a response, mate. Yeah, it starts building up traction, and people are jumping on the bandwagon. Oh yeah, actually, I have heard of your podcast. I will jump on it. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it just goes. But I think you know, it goes to show how we are as human beings in general. You know, if something bad happens, you say, "Why me? Why don't you ask that same question when something good happens?" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Something good happened yeah. to us. Oh, why, why not me? Why should it be you? It's not going to be you unless you do something about it. If something, it. Bad, if something bad happens, don't ask why me. Why not you? That's the key thing. Do something about it. It sounds so simple. And the thing is, we're going full circle again. We're talking about the games and start with you know, football as, as a sport. But just in life, it's that simple. If you don't like the situation you're in, do something about it. Stop yeah. complaining about it because what happens, you know, you 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 understand when you complain, eighty percent of the people don't give a crap what you're complaining about, and the other twenty percent are glad it's you. Yeah, and not them. Yeah, no one cares about complainers, man. Just get on with it. Deal with life as it is. No, no, no one's saying it's going to be easy, but you know that you're walking into a situation knowing it's not going to be easy. So why are you surprised when it doesn't get? When it doesn't, it's easier. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Embrace the challenge. Use the challenge now. And that's certainly something that shifted my mindset during lockdown. Use it to. So I, I thought to myself, I can either use this time to moan and be upset and say, oh, oh, oh this is typical. This is. Um, the, the, why? Just, well, like I said, why, why is. Why, why now? Why, why does it have to be now when. Uh, I'm sort of I'm doing this, I'm doing that, or I can use the time to go. Do you know what? Let's create something different. Mm. And I had people around me saying that as well, um, but I, I I just sort of got myself up and just went right. I think it was about the second or third day of lockdown, and I went right. Let's just let's just go and try and do something. 
uh, yeah. whether, and it just started, it, it continued with my exercise during lockdown. And then I decided around Christmas time when I was actually ill, I, I, I had, I, I had COVID. Um, uh, I decided, right, let's go and let's, let's go and do something. Let's go and do a mind, mindset and try and support people or as many people as I can with that as well. So, which, which by the way, is, is an incredible thing that you're doing. So, well done to you on that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. No, really, really appreciate that. And um, again, uh, massive, it means a lot coming from uh, like yourself, like someone like yourself who's uh, getting well established now, you know, with some big names on the podcast. So, um, it's the Coaches Network podcast, isn't it? Um, that's correct yeah the and, podcast. and I know I'm certainly going to start listening to a lot more of them I've listened to obviously um, a couple here and there um, but obviously I'm going to start consistently more listening in now uh, there's so many podcasts out there that sort of tick off and uh, and just sort of not just tick off but use to learn obviously is the main main source mm. um, but uh, yeah I'll certainly be giving that a listen and um, it, again That'll be that'll be that'll be great. And if you ever wanted anyone to come on, then let me know. Um, but uh, that'd be that'd be brilliant. But uh, again, I, any anyone that wants to follow the Coaches Network podcast, especially if you're a coach, but anyone in general uh, who wants to follow it um, for for sort of support around mentoring and and, and coaching, I, I strongly urge you to do that because I think that would be brilliant for your mindset and obviously. Um, you get so many different people's stories on there as well to sort of inspire you to do what you want to do. It might not necessarily be football, but it can be something else as well. Um, and so to use that to inspire you. But um, again, I just wanted to thank you so much, Yaz, for coming on to the Ready, Set, Mind podcast because it really does mean a lot. And I know, again, like I said, how, how busy you are. So I really do appreciate it. No, no worries. Thank you for having me, Kieran. It's been really enjoyable, man. Um, just try and do it again sometime. Yeah, one hundred percent. Whenever, whenever you'd like to come on, I'd, I'd definitely welcome you, welcome you back onto the show because you've provided some uh, great food to thought, and uh, it's it's been really interesting. So, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Cheers, Kieran. Take care, buddy. Bye bye. Bye bye. I really, really enjoyed that episode and it certainly gave me some food for thought and some things to think about for how I can develop myself going forward. I hope it provided the same value for you as well. Yaz gave a lot of information on that podcast, so obviously if you have any questions then please let us know and you can message us on our social media at Ready Set Mind. Set is in capitals. So again, a massive thank you to Yaz for providing some great value and some great food for thought to take away. And as always, a massive thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast please leave us a review because 
that's what helps to improve the podcast and develop it further and please pass the pod on as much as you can and and get the word out there because we want to try and help as many people as possible with their mindsets and developing their themselves further to achieve their goals thank you very much again for listening and we'll see you next time for another episode on the ready set mind podcast